0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Halsey sexaholic. Great to be here, sober one day at a time since August 4th, or the 4th of August, uh, 2018. Um, wow, this is, this is an amazing opportunity with self-pity being a big issue for me. And it seems like maybe my higher power might say something. So I really hope uh, that something will be said. Um, I was up last night while I was at work overnight and just kind of thinking about this whole thing. And I just want to start with I'm grateful to have a sponsor, a grand sponsor, on and on and on and on. You know, great grand sponsor, great, great grand sponsor and all of this. And, And I'm seeing that chain continue with my sponsees and sponsees without sponsees. It is just amazing to be in a worldwide fellowship, to not feel so alone and, and isolated. So I'll share, get into my story. And then I want to kind of, when I get to what it was like, i want to talk about promises in the program. And if I'd like someone to give me a five-minute warning, if possible, before I get to 30 minutes. Thanks, Marcus. So what I used to be like, my earliest memories were of being uh worrying and daydreaming and feeling as if I was on the outside. And I relate to that part in the white book where he says, though developing normally physically, I stopped maturing emotionally. He says, in grammar school, I wanted so to break through and relate to other children, but never quite made it. He says, I just wasn't there. This is in the white book, page 10. I just wasn't there. He says, I was off somewhere hiding inside myself peering out at the world like it was all just another show being imagined in my head. And that's how it was for me. I it's, it's, I didn't know how to be a kid, how to play. Nobody explained it. It just didn't work. Uh, I could daydream and go to my happy place. But, you know, I say, say it like this sometimes. I was sober for 11 years, sexually sober for 11 years. And then I turned 12. And that's when it went off rails. I discovered sex with self-masturbation. And uh, within a week, I was trying to control and enjoy it. When I realized that I, I I didn't die, which I thought I might die. And I thought, well, you know, it's three days I didn't die. So maybe I can do this once a week or once every two. It was already trying to control and enjoy. I had no terms for it. I didn't even know. I, I like the white book called it the big M. I learned within a week or two what it was called. But I thought, oh. Jesus, I, I. Why didn't somebody tell me? So I began to use that for my distress, my anxiety. You name the problem, that was my solution. Um, I'll f- fast forward through my story, just saying that it, 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 my lust crossed many, 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 many different lines, many, many, many different lines, various obsessions, and so uh, I found myself. Twelve stepped by my mentor, guy who was mentoring me. He was in a member of SA. He did not talk about SA until uh, well, I was thirty years old. I've been working with him about a year. He says, "I think you're a sexaholic," but you have to decide that. I can't tell you. You know, he's like my mentor, well, life coach. I uh, called him, and and uh, two years later, I rolled up into the rooms and I met you people, and I thought, oh. I'm not as sick as them, but yet I'm sicker than some of them. So it's, I was trying to, in my mind, make it look good. You know, I didn't want to look too sick. I really wasn't that desperate. I I wanted to get in and get out within a year. That's why I love your theme, the gift of desperation. Mayday, mayday, mayday. You know, it's a comes from a French word for help me. Uh, you know, and and so anyway, two years later, I came to the rooms. I, I've had eight sponsors in, in ten years. I'm only sober since 2018, um, you know, to going on three years. But I never stopped going. And sometimes you might hear I might say the meeting and the fellowship all together. But um, I had eight sponsors. I'm so grateful for all of my sponsors. One of at least one of whom I'm pretty sure, yeah, is on this at this meeting. My grand sponsor, sponsors here. I'm just I feel as if I stand on the shoulders of giants. And and I I used to think I wasted those years because I came to meetings and many, many people would know I was the one with the least amount of sobriety, 24 hours, 24 hours, two days, one day. And I was, I just did, it, it was, part, it was what I did for a living. I acted out to live. That was, it wasn't my job. I acted out to, to, as my uh, occupation. I was gifted though, um, after working with, through the steps with my current sponsor Uh, sponsor number eight, with another form of desperation. And it wasn't just so much about, uh, like, calling my sponsor when I'm triggered or praying, but uh, the whole picture of the steps. Desperation in terms of carrying the message of my recovery. I saw that in the big book. And I'm like, okay. So you mean to tell me Bill W. wasn't sober a year before he started to sponsor? (laughs) You know, I had the AA pamphlet on sponsorship. I had the SA pamphlet on sponsorship and previous sponsors had said, you should try and give this thing away. You have something to offer. Oh my God, <laughs> You know, I'm a chronic slipper. I wore that like a badge. You couldn't tell me that's what I do. I slip. That's, that's, there's no question about it. And so uh, I found myself desperate. And then within I was about 48 hours sober. I, as far as I know, I continue to act out every day or every week. Then this, this group, Sunday night group, McLean group, they voted me in as intergroup rep. And I said, if you guys don't know what you're doing, I, I don't get 30 days sober, which is what intergroup here requires. And I surely don't keep it. And they said, well, well, try it and see. Service can help. It helped me. I found myself like, oh my gosh, I got this program, it had, it's got to work. And really, I stopped being so selfish. On day six, I found my first sponsor. On day eight, we started working together. Um, within a month, I was working on my third sponsee, and I've worked with over 140 men. More than 80% of them have completed the steps. Probably more outside of this country now, out of which is the United States. More than uh, 20 countries on every continent except Antarctica. Uh, and it's not just sponsoring, but the literature. I love the big book. It, it tells me that helping others is the foundation stone of my recovery. I see that as step 12. If I don't work step 12 and I have a precarious foundation, what does that tell me about the house that's built on top of it? And it took me a long time to understand that. The spiritual awakening, whether it's of the educational variety, I heard in one of the previous meetings uh, at this conference, someone was talking about that aha moment. I see the aha moments, what I call aha moments as the... Uh, education of variety, that kind of, in that thought process. But the thinking is not enough. I had a spiritual awakening at 12, right? That experience, oh my God, what happened? But it was surely not sufficient enough to bring about recovery from sexaholism, right? So so when I have that aha moment from there, I need to take action. And that's what I'm, gift, that's the gift of desperation. I'm just as willing and desperate to try to carry the message as I am to try and tell it, this is what I did wrong. I got to bring this to the light. I screwed up again. Whoa, is me. They ain't doing me right. I did, 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 whatever, right? What What is it that I need? What's the right action? And then take the action. You know, I wasn't even supposed to say that. So maybe my higher power <laughs> doesn't say that. Uh, what I'm like now, I realize that I have a big problem with selfishness in my addiction. And so the solution involves Unselfish actions. It says selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. And then, and then I uh, like, it's in a white book, the big book. Faith without works is dead. And then the big book reminds me on page ninety three to be vital. Faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. I, those are just words, but it it means something to me because it's true. It worked for me. Now, if it can work for me, I think it can work for anybody uh, who's willing. You know, H-O-W, honest, open-minded, and willing. And, and it's it's all the knowledge isn't enough for me. It's not about the knowledge. I just need to take the action and leave the results up to God. Currently, uh, I serve as intergroup rep I, for my home group. I guess the technical term is GSR. Um, General service representative, we call it intergroup rep. And then I chair a meeting. uh, There's a lot. One of the international committees that deals with accessibility issues. uh, We're hashing out the mission statement, uh, working to support the upcoming uh, convention in Utah. It's just wonderful to be a part of something other than causing trouble and debauchery and just, you know, all those kinds of things. I'm honored. You know, it's like going from pervert to intergroup rap. I know I shouldn't put such a negative, but really, the big book he called, <laughs> talks about outright mental defectives, right? You know, I heard an a speaker sharing one of the uh, older groups in Southern Cal, Southern California, West Coast, and this group is called Outright Mental Defectives Groups. I thought that'll never work in essay. <laughs> I'm so we, I like to say we are so sensitive, but really, I'm so sensitive. You know, my hand—I just raised that hand. It's toxic. It's toxic. Toxic. Okay. So you guys can see I'm not always so serious. But let's talk about some promises. One of the promises uh, from step three. More. It says more and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. So for me, this is this is how it is for me. It's not about get, uh, getting mine. I used to want justice. I wanted. I was wronged, and you know. I still remember stuff from when I was five years old from the little girl. You show me yours. I'll show you mine. She never showed me hers. I was 22 years old, still resenting her for not showing me hers when we were five. Right. So that's me. That's, that's the sickness. So now in this place, I get to be a part of something better to try and help people, you know, even if it's just like uh, doing something for one of my housemates. And then one of the step four promises Since we ask God to remove our fear and to direct our attention to what he would have us be, the promise is at once we commence to outgrow fear. I love that. At once. I don't have to wait 20 years to out to commence. And commence just means to begin. That simple, simple truth like that. I've experienced that. I want to share a story. Uh, I don't know if this I can't see who all is here, Uh, but I was at a this was back in February. And uh, I had a COVID-19 scare. I was exposed by someone at work. And I, I had symptoms within 12 hours. I And I didn't. I was off work. So I, I didn't go back to work. But my, my boss says, you, you got to get tested. And I, I was in line in a parking lot to get tested. And I saw my life passing before me. I thought I was going to be like gone within three weeks. I really did. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, this is crazy. All this work I've done, and now here I am with COVID. I hadn't even been tested yet. You know, I'm just, I was just panicking. And it surely, and then it was, uh, I think, two days to get the results. But I, I looked at my phone. I said the serenity prayer. And there was a message from a guy, um, one of the, Arab, the Arabic meetings. For some reason, it wasn't, the transli- The uh, writing was the Arabic script. It wasn't uh Roman, Anglicized script or whatever we call it. So I couldn't read anything other than like the word Zoom. And I clicked the link. Lo and behold, they were talking about fear. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to carry mess, message, not the mess. Now, if I dump on this group, what am I? I just shared, uh, led with my weakness. I was like, I hope Roy K would be, the late Roy K would be proud of me. (laughs) Lead with my weakness, get to the solution. But come on, keep it real, you know? And the thing is, that group, it was just what I needed. I didn't understand the language. And one of my sponsees, a loner in Iraq, uh, said, I'll translate for you. Had somebody else offer to translate. Hey, hell, hey, hell, hey, hell. I'll translate. I'm like, you know, it was so good. That's the kind of thing. That's the fellowship I crave, you know. Wow. I'll I'll I'll, I'll end with that. There's, I wrote about that experience to the uh, newsletter, to the uh um, Essay, I don't know if it was published, I don't remember, but I'm grateful. Step five, one of the promises in step five says we can look the world in the eye, we can be alone at peace and perfect, at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us, we begin to feel the nearness of our creator. I remember doing my fifth step with my current sponsor, it was uh, eight hours on one day. That's not including the lunch break and all of that. The whole time we spent together was about 10 hours. And then um it's about five and a half on another day. And and he said, we need to do this uninterrupted. I was so afraid. But I also believe I was desperate. I'm like, this is it, it unlike with previous sponsors, I always thank God for him anytime I see him. But the current sponsor, I was a little more desperate. I mean, it took two years I asked him to sponsor me because I didn't think he qualified, but <laughs> didn't matter if he was sober 18 years, he wasn't good enough, you know. But but uh, I remember doing that fifth step and he says, well, you know, we got to end. You got to go to work. And I'm like, yeah, I have to sleep and it's not going to work. I don't I only got like three and a half hours of sleep, but I was so restored and and I hadn't even gotten to step 12. Right. See, for me, the promises in the literature are vital this time around. I like to say with my current sponsor, we looked ahead. What are the promises? What would you like to come true? starting with the ninth step promises actually, but I thought this could, it, it Could this program, this stuff that I've been hearing at these meetings, could this work for me? You know, I, I've spent thousands of dollars on all kinds of treatment, whatever, right. How could SA work? And it's free. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm just grateful. I was desperate for the spiritual awakening and it worked. I got to feel the peace. The first, I remember looking at my sponsor too, uh, when I did all the, at one time he dozed off and I thought, okay, well, he's just listening. And I'm like, he, he's asleep. So I felt okay. But as soon as I got to the sexual stuff, he woke up, he sat straight up and listened. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then he's asking questions, but I saw he didn't run out of the room and I shared one of the things. And he said, me too. He says, I've only one, only myself and one other person ever to have that. Obsession, and I—that was kind of helped me feel like uh, I can stand and look the world in the eye. And 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 I'm looking at this group right now. I mean, I'm getting to be of service. I see spunseys, grand spuncies you know. Um, a nice step promise. Let's get to one of those. No matter how far down the scale, we will see how our experience will benefit others. Uh, in January of. What year was that? that was night twenty nineteen? I went to a uh, workshop. I won't mention the name because it's not conference approved. But uh, the guy who wrote a book called Back to Basics. So there, I know that's a term that's used a lot. And uh, I was like, Oh, I got him. I'll get him to sign my book. And I talked to him, and and uh, they didn't do this intentionally, but they they put people together. And I come to find out. The group that I sat with, we all happened to have sex addiction. We didn't know it. Everybody else was in uh, AA except one person. And I was, uh, I was the only one in an S group. And, uh, man, we got to do a, a fit step together. And I got to be of service there. And I went there. You know, it was snowing. It's a two-hour drive. You know, I thought, what am I doing? It has come to this. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm desperate. If I forget I'm desperate, all I need to do is take the action. Then I'll get back in touch with the desperation. By the way, that's where a newcomer comes in. When I'm working with a newcomer and I see it in their eyes, just in case, just in case I forget that I have the forgetting disease, which is sexah- sexaholism, I can see that, that desperation in them. And then that kind of lights a fire back within me and the light candle seems to go out. Uh, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Last year... Um, Early last year, right before the shutdown, I got a um, text or something, email from a guy in Armenia, an old timer in uh, Europe. He's like, hey, there's this guy in Poland and blah, 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 blah. Will you tell him your story? And on and on and on. I was floored. I'm like, you want me to, you know, the chronic slipper? You know, by the way, it's the same guy who had invited me to stop calling myself a chronic slipper. Um, I love Ella. I almost said his initial (laughs) But, uh, you know, uselessness, I'm not useless. And self-pity, it really, now, it it has come back a couple of times, but it says it will disappear. So that's like step seven. It's about removing the defects, not eradicating, right? That keeps me humble. Roy says in the White Book, 168, if God eradicated the defects, I wouldn't have need of him. I would be an automaton. It's about progressive victory over these defects. That's the name of the game. I did a fifth step one time, um, I mean a tenth step uh one night and um after the meeting, the Sunday night, Sunday McLean meeting, and um I was like, okay, you do all the watch, ask, discuss. And I was like, I don't I don't know who I can help. I've I've already done the helping that the night is ending. And um then I got a call from a sponsee, I got a call from a grand sponsee. um, and I got to connect, I got to connect two spuncies together, and that was just amazing. And one of them is, is, is one of the now, is has his own sponsors, and he's helping him sponsor others. It's just amazing to see this stuff work. When I had self pity and uselessness, and I can't do it, and nobody, you know, like I said, I keep saying this part of my breakthrough was being just as desperate to try to carry the message as I am to vent and say, oh, I did it again. To dump at the meeting. Oh, you don't know how my week was. I got it really bad. What the? I believe in taking the mess to my sponsor and the message to the meeting. The mess to my sponsor and the message to the meeting. There's a line in the big book, and this is all related to this promise uh, as well as in the doctor's opinion. Uh, Wilson writes, we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane. Later, the doctor writes, we feel after many years of experience that we have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of these men, and that would be men and women, um, first 100, then the altruistic movement now growing up among them. And I think that's essay. It's about giving it back. I heard the old timers on those tapes from Jess of to Roy, uh, Harvey A., Manny, um, Lee T, on and on and on. You know, giving it away, giving it. And I thought, they, they're just talking. And guess what? I started to do it, and it worked for me. <laughs> and there's a joy that comes with it. I just, It's just amazing. It's just amazing. I don't have to worry about being plagued about self-pity when, when I get, I, I can't even tell the number of instances now. I get a call now. Where uh, and I see saw in the chat window, someone said "granddad sponsor." Now, you know, I used to think you can't say it like it's like sponsor, grand sponsor. But I got a call from—I mean, a voice note guy from one of the uh, Gulf states. He says, "You know, you are my grandfather." Hell, <laughs> oh my good god! I'm not even a father, <laughs> but I thought this so. SL- this guy, how dare he say that? Wait, wait, now he's—I know what he means. He just means that I'm in his sponsorship lineage, and since then, that's happened like twice more. And I love it because, really, uh, you know, he's thanking me for helping his sponsor. It's just amazing. <clears throat> Another promise says, "We suddenly, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves." I remember feeling so intimidated by the guy that asked to sponsor me. Like I, I think I said, I had been going to the meeting um, for two years. I finally asked him to sponsor me. You know, I was like, that word again, desperate. I'm like, it's come to this. He had something what I wanted, but I just, you know, he joked, he had humor. But at other times, I'm like, he's not saying his share just right. And I asked him to sponsor me. He's like, go well, call me. And he said some little stuff. I'm like, that's it? you're my sponsor? He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I got to my car and just bawled. I'm like, oh my gosh. And the, even that was like a, a something different than previous sponsors where I was kind of like seeing what little bit I could get away with. You know, they said, read the page. I'd read just to skim it real quick. My current sponsor would say like how it works, read 58 to 63. I read the whole thing, the whole chapter five every day for the week until we met again. And I was embarrassed to tell him because I thought he would say, you, you, you know, it's too much. Right. So there's a, there's a, that's how, de- that's what desperation looks like for me. And I don't do that. My program that way now. Uh, another thing that he did three minutes. Al. Thank you. Thank you. I'll end with a, on a lighter note. So my sponsor didn't know this, that I learned I had been um, the night step promises. I had been trying to memorize them. And so one day we're at home group, he's there and his sponsor's there and his sponsor's sponsors there and other friends in the program, you know, and he says, "Hal, put the paper down, do it from memory. <laughs> I put the paper down and did it from memory. I was so scared, but all I knew is my sponsor said it. Now my sponsor's not God, but I, I did it. And, and I look around everyone was like laughing. like I was joking. I thought I watched the whole thing. You know, I had flashbacks of being in school when the teacher has me re- reciting the pledge of allegiance or some kind of thing, you know? It, so uh, willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, being desperate, that's important. But what's the desperation if there's no action? Call it what we want, but take the action. If if I have what you want and you're willing to go to any to get it, shoot me a text, let's connect. I'll put my um, information in the uh, chat window. Uh, I guess I'll, I could I could stop with that. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Great share. Thank you, you so much, Al. <laughs> You, you are just a beautiful soul, man. Thank you so much. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com